Yes, people, it's coming in with some alcoholic flavor. People, it's Monday, which means it's your first chin check of the week. And today we're looking at some UFC action and a little bit of boxing. So, should be a fun one, people. Sit back and let's get it popping. So, Saturday night, Canelo Alvarez was, um, you know, putting his WBC and WBA super middleweight titles on the line in a fight against Avnini Yidjirim. Oosh, I think that's how you say it. It took place at the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida. To be honest, hadn't heard of, um, you know, Yildirim, and yeah, I I don't really, I mean, he was 21 and 3, but boxing records don't really mean anything, they're so heavily padded, and I think this was the first of um, Canelo's two-fight deal with Matchroom, uh, Eddie Hearn's um, promotion, and, uh, yeah, it was just basically all Alvarez, all Alvarez, you know, it, it's, um, it was a terrible fight, right, now, Alvarez, you know, he put everything together very well, he, you know, his defense was on point, you know, he was sharp, but, yeah, nothing was coming back, really, from Yildirim, you know, it just, the first round was pretty uneventful, neither really did much, I mean, Canelo did push, he pushed forward, he threw the shots that really got thrown, now, Yildirim threw a little bit more in the second, but, I mean, when we say a little bit more, it just Hardly anything And Alvarez was just teeing off on him You know, just Headshots, body shots Just mixing it up And then come the third You It was baffling Right, it was baffling After taking the shots He took in the second You would have thought That Yildirim Would, you know, just Try, try a bit more Because you wouldn't want to take those shots And it would be, you know, I get it If it was a case that, you know Alvarez was throwing at such a volume That Yildirim just couldn't get anything off I'd understand, but he wasn't You know, like, Yildirim had opportunities to start an offence But, yeah he he basically threw nothing, and you know I think towards the end of the third round, Canelo put him down with a straight right down the middle right hand cut through his defense and yeah, Yildirim went down. Now he he didn't stay down for long. He got up and you know he made it through the rest of the round, but. I, he he really didn't look like he wanted to be in there, you know, really didn't want to look like he was going to be in there, and one of his cornermen, you know, his trainer, Joel Diaz, was like, oh, give me one more round, man, one more round, or I'm going to stop the fight, and you thought it might go one more, but one of his other people's got up, and they called it, and to be honest, that's the best thing, right? It was the best thing that could happen. Because in three rounds, Alvarez, he um, he threw 168 shots, landed 67. So, Yildirim, he, I, yeah, I, I was surprised he even threw 105, right? I'm surprised he threw that many. Now, he landed 11, you know what I mean? Like... And that says it all. It says it all. 
I don't know how we got the fight. I, I, it's it's a weird one. It was a weird one. Because maybe he was just having an off night. I don't know. But with a performance like that, it's kind of hard to, um, you know, get a... It'd be hard to get another title shot straight away, right? You would expect to have to put on a huge run of victories to get a shot. I mean, it... To, I'd say, to, to mirror it up with MMA, this was Adesanya v. Costa. But, you know, Alvarez probably didn't throw, throw as much as Adesanya did in their fight. But, yeah, Yildirim was like Paolo Costa. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, that says it all. Now, what is interesting, though, at the end of the fight... Right after everything was um done, you know Eddie Hearn has said that Canelo's next fight will be against Billy Joel Saunders. So uh, yeah, that should be a better fight. That definitely you know should be a better fight. You know, I, I think the Saunders fight was supposedly meant to happen before, but it just didn't happen. You know, they, they couldn't get it worked out. Um, and I think it was a Golden Boy thing. So, you know, now he's not there. Hey, we, we are going to see some actual good fights, you know, and this will be a unification um, bout. Because, uh, you know, Saunders holds the other titles in uh, this division. You know, so, uh, yeah, this will be interesting. This will be very interesting when he goes up against uh, Saunders, who's, yeah, who's the WBO champion. And Saunders is 30-0, 14 knockouts. So, um, Looking forward to that one. Definitely looking forward to that one. And, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. Cool. And let's see what the, um, yeah, let's see what the UFC will bring. <laughs> Hopefully better fights. Okay, so UFC uh, on ESPN plus 44, Rosenstruck v. Gan is done. It is all over, people. And, um, yeah, a lot happened, right? So we lost the fight just before, um, I, well, I, don't, I was going to say just before it started, but it was probably a little bit before, a few hours before that. But the Angela Hill Ashley Yoda bout. Um, which was the rematch that got pulled because of, uh, I think it was someone in Yoda's camp got COVID, you know, so they uh, they pulled it, and they've rescheduled about, you know, so there is that, but uh, yeah, so we went to nine fights, and we, I think, majority were draws, which is definitely a big change from previous weeks. You know, I mean, only one fight ended with a finish. Um, and that finish came in the third round. But I think we, uh, from all the draws, a lot were very entertaining fights. You know what I mean? For sure. A lot were entertaining. Some people definitely had flat nights, though. I think that's fair to say. There were some people that, yeah, probably didn't have the performances they would have hoped for. But it is what it is, man. You know what I mean? Um, and March, we got two pay-per-views. You know? So, eh, sometimes things happen, right? We started off in the light heavyweight division. All right? We had um, Dustin Jacoby. Against Maxim Grisham And um, this fight uh, Grisham, you know, he missed weight 
missed weight, you know, four and a half pounds. So it was kind of interesting to see how this would play out. Because, you know, 205, not quite heavyweights, but they're big. They are still big. And TI5 might be the weight. But they're entering that octagon on the night definitely heavier. You know what I mean? So as the fight started, I mean, you could see that Grisham really wanted to make the weight count. Right? He was aiming for, um, you know, that big knockout. You know, he's coming forward looking for those big shots. Jacoby, though, he's doing what a lot of people have been doing of late and attacking the calves, right? So he's attacking the calves, using good movement to, um, you know, get out of the way, right? So um, Grisham, he wants to get in close. He wants to be in that dominant position. He shoots. Jacoby stuffs it. But Grisham, he lands a um a nice shot, gets uh, Jacoby with a right. Jacoby stumbles back against the fence, falling over. Grisham takes advantage and uh, jumps on top, but he can't maximize the position, and Jacoby's able to get back up. And um Jacoby lands a good knee, right? Good knees, doing some good, decent work, right? And um, but Grisham, he lands a uh, spinning elbow and a right at the end of the round, putting Jacoby down, getting off a few shots before the buzzer. So I think you look at it, you think mm, Grisham possibly won that first round, right? So coming into the second. Now Grisham, he's confident, he's he's looking to stalk Jacoby. But, you know, Jacoby is throwing a lot of kicks to, um, you know, get some space. You know, he's utilising them well. Grisham, he's trying to counter with the right. Um, he gets off a few, but Jacoby, you know, he hands a nice right hook, staggers Grisham. And um, Jacoby follows up with a 1-2. Gets off some good shots at the end of the round. So coming into the third, you're thinking it's probably one apiece. So they exchange kicks. Grisham, he's still looking for that big shot. He's slowing down, though. So you're thinking, okay, yeah. I think this is probably Jacoby's time to take over. Because Jacoby is still looking good. Still looking fresh. And um, yeah. He utilises his good movement. To um, just land those jabs at 1-2. You know. Throwing some feints. Right. Kisham. He's able to kick. But he, he's still not being as effective as he was. Jacoby lands a good jump knee. Right, gets uh, Grisham on the fence. Grisham's able to spin out, but um, you know, Jacoby is uh, you know doing his thing, landing some big kicks, big shots, and yeah, I think Jacoby did enough to win the fight, which you know I feel is a good thing, just because you know Grisham missed weight and it is. Irritating when someone they miss weight and miss weight big. You know, I mean four and a half friggin' pounds, man. You know, and when that person wins and then they act all like, yeah, I want you're just like son of a bitch, man. You missed weight. Oy. But oh, wasn't the case. Dustin Jacoby, another good win on his return to the UFC. All is, uh, yeah, all's been going well for him. So we'll see what happens next. There's definitely some good fights in the light heavyweight division right now. So we then drop down to the bantamweight division. And we've got Vince Cachero against Ronnie Lawrence. So Lawrence was making his um, UFC debut. You know, he got a contract on the last season of The Contender. And this would be um, Cachero's second fight in the UFC. You know, after losing his debut to Jamal Emmers. And 
I mean, this fight started, and you're just like, motherfuckers are moving like flyweights. It was so fast, right? And considering, because I believe Kachero had missed weight slightly as well um, for this one. But goddamn, they were moving fast. I mean, Lawrence especially, he, he was... <laughs> he was insane, like a lot of spinning back kicks he was throwing and landing. I mean, he missed the first, but then after that, yeah, I think he threw two, three more, landed them nicely. You know, a lot of movement, and he was getting takedowns. Lawrence was able to get takedowns. Now, he didn't always hold Kachero, but he didn't take him down again, right, <laughs> Ronnie Lawrence was just relentless in this fight, you know, and when he got it down, right, he'd sometimes lose the position, you know, give Kachero the chance to stand, because he was always looking to improve, always looking to get something, you know, looking for that submission, he was just relentless, he wouldn't give Kachero any space, and just wore him out, wore him out, it was, man, it was such a friggin' display, I have to say, and, even in the third round, Lawrence, sure, he wasn't slowing, wasn't slowing one little bit, you know, he um, hits a spinning back kick, right, then a leg kick, puts Kachiro down, Lawrence jumps, um, jumps on him, right, but Kachiro is able to get up, doesn't matter because Lawrence just puts him back down with a um a suplex, right? He gets into mount, lands some good shots, hitting with that ground and pound, and he just doesn't stop. Doesn't stop, man. He, the ref just had to jump in because Lawrence was just whew. It was so friggin' you know was impressive, right, and that was only his eighth fight, only his eighth fight, you know, so, um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, what he does next, he's kind of got a Corey Sanhagen frame, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely interested to see, you know, what Lawrence can do, and I, I, you get the feeling that if he sits down on his shots as well, He'll, uh, you know, have some good effects. So, yeah, great win for Ronnie Lawrence. And um, the nickname is uh, apt because he definitely brought the heat. All right, so we were staying in the bantamweight division. But this time it was with the ladies as we add Sabina Mazzo against Alexi Davis. Now, this fight, I, I kind of feel there was the... Um, you know, the stand-up and the ground, right, it, it was definitely, um, yeah, game of two halves, as they say, right, because Mazo, you know, she came out in that first round, utilising the jab very well, hits a nice um, uppercut combo, right, throws a kick, problem is, you know, a bit of a... Bit of a lackadaisical kick. Davis catches it and gets the trip takedown. And then from there onwards, you know, it was all Alexi Davis. She was able to control Mazo. And um, she, you know, was attacking with a rear naked choke for a good part of the round. Like, it, it's just Mazo just seemed to struggle. Seemed to struggle and not be able to um, get up, which was interesting, because you know we we've seen Mazo on the floor before, and she hasn't looked as um, uncomfortable. But I I think a lot of the time she's in the top position, you know. 
which does seem to be some, you know, a thing with some people, right? They're great on top, but just if they're on bottom, yeah, it's all a bit over, right? Second round, though, um, Davis, she comes out landing um, some good leg kicks early on. But as the round went on, it seemed that Mazo had warmed up. You know, she was doing really well with the hands, landing some good, solid shots, leg kicks, you know, really effective. And, um, yeah, having a good round, but Davis was able to get a, a takedown in the last 30 seconds and, um, yeah, just hit some ground and pound, you know, end the round strong, which, you know, I feel some judges will just remember that, right? Just remember the end of the round where you're on your back getting pounded out. Right, so it might be 1-1, right, but the third round, definitely all to play for. And Mazo comes out, you know, she's landing some good shots, right, landing some good shots. She throws a body kick, throws a body kick, which not the best thing to do because Davis is able to catch it and she gets a takedown. Right, gets a takedown. Um, yeah, Mazo, she's just man. There's a few times when you feel through a scramble, Mazo had the opportunity to stand, right? But she didn't, and I don't know if it's because she's tired and she didn't have the pop to spring up, but yeah, she didn't get up. Davis was just, you know, showing really good control, and uh, yeah, she ends the fight on top, right, so Alexi Davis takes it, and kind of halts Mazzo's, you know, her little, um, you know, streak of good form, so definitely good for Davis, not as good for Mazzo. So, uh, yeah, we will have to see um, what happens going forward. Okay. So, the prelims ended with a lightweight clash between Alexander Jimenez and Tiago Moyes. Which, yo, this was an interesting fight, right? Because you're thinking that Moyes, you know, Jiu-Jitsu, black belt, he's probably got the advantage on the ground. But Hernandez, right, who's not shabby on the ground, for sure, he's probably got the advantage on the feet, right? Um, and the fight starts, and Hernandez, he's, he's utilising a low stance, right? Utilising a low stance. You're thinking it's to stop Moise from shooting, Right? To, to stop the takedown um, But Right Moise He um, He attempts a nice head kick Just misses Hernandez Hits the um, Hits an, a few calf kicks He's throwing out that jab Right So um, Yeah Moise He's You know he, He's moving well He's countering you know, throwing his own leg kicks. Um, <clears throat> Hernandez is, um, you know, he's looking okay on the feet, right? He's looking okay on the feet. But Muñoz, he's really coming with the pressure. Like, really coming with the pressure and landing some big shots at the end of the first, right? So we go into the second and... Um, yeah, Hernandez, he's utilising his quick hands. Utilising his quick hands. But Moise, he's attacking that leg. You know, really hitting that calf. Hits a good left, right? Goes, um, lands some really big shots, right? And, man, it, it, it's just as you think things are warming up. Moyes, he he comes with some good counters, 
right, comes with some good counters and he stifles, he's able to stifle Hernandez, so we're coming into the third and Moise, he hits a big right, then a head kick, right, and, um, yeah, you're just a bit like, how is Hernandez still standing, right, the fight hasn't slowed, you know, they've really been pushing the pace here, um, yeah, Moise is just looking very good, very good, Hernandez, he, he hits a few counters, right, but Moise, you know, hits another head kick, and he's just, you know, pushing that pace, pushing that pace, and, you know, really exerting his dominance on the fight, right, so it wasn't really a shock when um, Moise takes the win, you know, takes a unanimous win, hey, um, a decent fight to bring us into the main card, you know, so the main card opens up with a featherweight bout between Kevin Crum and Alex Cazares. You know, Crum has just got to the UFC, right? This is his right, second fight, I think. Um, and Alex Cazares, you know, he's a he's been a vet. He's been a vet. Came via the I think it's eleventh season of the Ultimate Fighter, something like that, right? Um. So yeah, it it was just what's gonna happen. Right, because Crum looked very good on his debut. Now, fight starts and Cazares opens as he, he does a lot of the time, you know, that side kind of karate stance, hits a nice side kick. Like Crum is really looking to pressure Cazares. But Cazares, he's got very good movement. Very good movement, and he's able to, um, you know, just sidestep, get out of the way, make space, right? Lands a really good knee to the body of Crom. All right, Crom though, he's he really wants that takedown, really wants that takedown. But Cazares is showing some tremendous takedown defense. Right, really great defense, man, and he's hitting, really hitting some good knees as um Crom tries to clinch up with him. Right now, the way Crom does get it to the ground, you know, he has Cazares's back and he essentially pulls guard. You know, he pulls him down, but Cazares lands on top, lands on top, spins. Um, so yeah, he's in Crom's guard, and poof, you know what I mean, probably not where Crom wants him. And um, Cazares, he he lands some good, lands some good shots, right? Um, goes for the guillotine in a scramble, which you know Crom's able to uh, get up, but yeah, Cazares is. You know, he lands some shots. Crom again tries to um, pull Cazares down. But again, Cazares lands on top, spins. He's on top. And I land some big shots as the round ends. So we're in the second round. And Cazares, you know, he's definitely not tiring. Some good kicks. Crom is Still hunting for the takedown, which is surprising, because in his debut fight, he was showing Ed good skills with the hands, but yeah, in this fight, I don't know, he, him and his team are feeling that the way to win is get um, Cazares to the ground, right, so he's hunting for that takedown, so um, Cazares, he, uh, you know, he attempts a um a shot slips over slips over and crom you know boom this is the opportunity so he jumps on top but Cazares throws those legs up and has a triangle has a triangle that looked really tight 
man, you, you like he, he was, you know, moving around, he hooked a leg, and you're just thinking, oh shit, he's gonna he's gonna tap him. He didn't have the arm fully across the you know, but it looked like a tight triangle. But out of nowhere, he lets it go. Let's it go, and man, everyone's just like, what? What, what, what? What's happening here? Like, no one could work it out. We, you know, we had Bisbing, Anik, and Felder on the commentary this week. Uh, yeah, everyone's a little baffled, to be honest. But Chrome, he's not really able to do any damage. You know, not really to be able to do any damage while on top, and Kazeris then gets up. You know, so we're in the third round, and it's kind of rinse and repeat here. You know, Cazares, he's landing some really good kicks. Um, Crom is he's trying to pressure, but Cazares is um, blocking his takedown attempts. You know, um, yeah, Cazares, he lands uh, s- some, uh, you know, a good right, and a good right, and... You know, he rocks Crom. Looks like he rocks Crom. You know, lands another right hook. Crom, he, he's really trying for the takedown still. Cazares counters with an uppercut. Um, yeah, so he's showing some really good hands. And then he gets his own takedown. Right? Cazares gets his own takedown. He's landing some really good shots. He's attacking with a rear naked choke. Can't get it. But ends the round landing some very solid ground and pound. Here is so yeah, really good win with from uh Cazares. He looked <laughs> he looked just dominant. Dominant throughout that fight. So this is I think it's the one of the first times Cazares has had a oh it's a free four fight winning streak You know what I mean So yeah Be interesting to see what he can do with it Because he's always been talented Just hasn't seemed to come together But in these last few fights It, it seems to have been coming together Right So we then drop down um, A weight class to the bantamweight division And we've got the big rematch You know Pedro Munez against Jimmy Rivera. And uh, yeah, you just feel that this is going to be a good fight. So what we had in this fight, calf kicks, big shots, and a lot of heart. Right? They were the big factors in this fight. So Munez, you know what I mean? He comes out throwing them calf kicks. But, you know... Rivera, he's just like, alright, you know what I mean? Whatever you can do, I can do as well, son. You know what I mean? So he's throwing some, right? Um, Rivera catches Munez with a nice jab early on, which, you know, Munez goes down. Now, I don't know how much of it was, you know, going down from the shot or just from being off balance, right? Because both are moving, like moving a lot, you know, so that happens. Um Munez hits a nice front kick, right? Back to the calves. Right, Vobera, he's um, you know, countering with some hooks. He's got some really good hands, you know, one-twos. Everything is very fast. Right, Munez hits a thunderous overhand. Right, Rivera, it's a one-two. Munez counters with an uppercut. It is, whew, it's getting crazy. It is getting crazy. But I think you're looking at it and it seems that, you know, Munez is having more effect with the calf kicks. Right? That's the feeling you kind of get. But they're both, they're throwing with everything, right? So we're in the second round, and, um, yeah, Munez, he he races out, right? Rivera, um, he's ready to engage. You know, he comes back with some shots, 
right? Um, Muniz hits Rivera. Rivera, he he's off balance a bit, right? Goes down, but he's back up. You know, they they're really um, man, they're exchanging a lot. Muniz, he's um, he hits a big shot, right? Now, Mu um. Munez goes down, Rivera follows him, but Munez attacks with a heel hook. Rivera, he's got an inverted heel hook, so they kind of stifle each other on the ground, right? So now they're back up on the feet. And um, Munez, he's, uh, you know, he lands a good knee, right? He um, goes high with a head kick. Rivera. He's he's able to um, hit a a nice combo of kick and then a left, right? They are just they're not slowing down. But the big thing is, Rivera's leg is fucked. Rivera's leg is fucked because any time Munez touches it, oh man, you you have Rivera staggering or you know touching down. Right, and it's interesting because Munez isn't. It's like he doesn't want to go after it, Jerry. He doesn't want to end the fight via a calf kick, because yo, it's clearly hurt. Right, it's clearly hurt. It's clearly compromised, but Munez is you know he's happy enough just to trade big shots. You know, and occasionally hit the calf, but just not. You know, because you feel if if Munez just threw calf kick after calf kick, Rivera is going down, and he wouldn't be able to stand up, right? But Munez isn't. He's not doing that, which is interesting. But you you know you gotta kind of feel. I respect that, right? Because it's just like I. You know what? I could win this way, but I I feel I can win anyway. So I'm I'm gonna keep this fight going, right? So uh, yeah, that's what it seems. And then in the third, the third is the same, right? They're trading big shots, trading big shots. But Munez, you know, he's only occasionally hitting the calf kick, only occasionally, you know, hit some good front kicks. He's countering, yeah, and just landing those big shots. And with a compromised movement, Rivera's effectiveness, it is dwindling, but he is still trying. He is still, like, he doesn't give up. There's plenty of times you feel he could just go down, stay down, and it's done. But to the buzzer, Jimmy Rivera is trying to win this fight. But yeah, Munez just just seemed to have him with those calf kicks. Right? Just seemed to have him with those calf kicks. So yeah, this um, you know, this is the making of a big trilogy, because it is now one all. Right? And it I, I can't think of anyone who wouldn't want to see this fight again. Because <laughs> Oh, it was great. That was a great fight, people. So we drop a weight division and we go to the women's flyweight division. We got Montana De La Rosa against Maria Bonero Silva. So with this one, I kind of feel that the clinch had a big factor in the fight. Right, so when they were in space, De La Rosa, you know, she's utilizing that jab, which we've seen her do in the past, you know, so she's using a jab and she's not doing a bad job, right? But um, Silva, you know, she's attacking the calf, right? Landing um, some knees, but when um, Rosa, you know, De La Rosa, she's really going after the takedown. Really going after the takedown. She gets one early, but Silva's able to get straight back up. Right? She um 
goes again, and Silver grabs the fence, right, it looks like it's a clear take, she's clearly getting taken, but she grabs the fence, now, what was interesting was, the ref straight away takes a point, you know, there's no warnings, it's a point straight away, which, yeah, yeah, like, listen, I didn't hate it, right, didn't hate it, and you kind of feel that if more judges did that, people wouldn't grab the fence, right, because, look, what's the point in a warning, because everyone knows you're not meant to do it, right, so you don't need to hand the warnings, you know, just take the point, now, you lose a point, that's gonna change your fight, and we we did see that here, we did see that, but also, right, so now, when, um, Della Rosa, she's going for a takedown, I just say, you know, Silver, she did a good job, you know, stuffing the attempts, and she was just, Oh man, just so many knees to the body Knees to the body and elbows Right, that was a big factor for what Silver was doing And it seemed to take its toll Definitely seemed to take its toll, right Now the first round, because of the knees and the elbows and everything that Silver was throwing it's hard to know what's going to happen with that one, right, because a point was deducted, so you'd think, okay, so, yeah, Delarola probably took the round, but Silver did a lot of damage, did a lot of damage and was landing a lot, so you're kind of thinking, all right, did Delarosa take that, or would it be a draw, you know, so we're in the second, and, um, yeah, Della Rosa, you know, she comes out with the jab again, right, but Silver, she's throwing a lot of kicks, leg kicks, high kicks, you know, she's utilising her jab, and it, it's kind of forcing Della Rosa to um, try for a takedown, but Silver, you know, she's stuffing it, she's stuffing it, and she lands on top, Right, lands on top of um, Della Rosa's attempt at dragging her down, right? and yeah, she's you know, she lands some good shots and then stands up, right? Which I think is smart because Silver was having a you know, some good effect standing. Uh, so you know, Della Rosa, you know, she's she's attempting you know, some side kicks and everything, but yeah. Silver is doing some doing some serious work, right? Doing some serious work. Lands a head kick. Then oh man, it's the knees to the head and the elbows to the head that are really just <laughs> you know what I mean? wearing Della Rosa out. But Della Rosa does get a cake takedown. You know, she does get a takedown, gets mount, right, lands some good shots, you know, but doesn't do as much damage as you kind of feel she could have. And Silver's not, she didn't really make a lot of attempts to stand up, which was interesting. So you're thinking, all right, that third round, it's all to play for. Because possibly Silver is tired, right? So Della Rosa, she comes out with the jab again. You know, Silver, she lands a couple of head kicks and, um, you know, knees to the head as Della Rosa, you know, she's shooting in trying to clinch up, right? But she's still pushing for the takedown, which you kind of think, I mean, yes, she did get one in the second. But she's, you know, she's not really getting a high percentage of the attempts, right? So it's like get into space and utilize the jab more because she's taking more damage in the clinch, 
And that's what, you know, Silver is utilizing, right? She's hitting some elbows, some vicious elbows, right? Which seem to really just cut Rosa open, right? Now, Delarosa, she does get a takedown, but doesn't hold it. Silver's straight back up and lands a head kick, right? She hits a, a knee to the body. Man, it, it's just like Silver is doing some very good work. Very good work. And considering that she looked tired, right? Ending that third, second round, she looked tired, right? But she's do, still doing the better work in this third. You know, countering well. It's more knees, more elbows. You know what I mean? She's um she's blooded De La Rosa up and blooded her up. Now it's not to say De La Rosa isn't, you know, she's still trying. She's landing some shots to the body, but yeah, it is kind of silver taking over, right? Is silver taking over? And so made it interesting because you figured how is this gonna be scored because you're thinking like silver may have done enough to win that fight with all the damage in that second and third round right but uh yeah one judge did give it to silver one judge gave it to silver as a win the other two gave it as a draw so we end up with a uh, yeah, majority draw here, which, I mean, <sighs> like, you, you, you're not really mad about it, you know what I mean, not really mad about it, it's like, okay, fine, it is what it is, right, but, uh, yeah, we are now at the co-main event, which is a light heavyweight clash between Nikita Krolov and Magomod Ankalaev. Man, I have to say, this fight was was an interesting one, right? Because I think watching the previous fights, Ankalaev, you just think, oh my gosh, his hands are so fast, so fast, all that power, like. Can Krolov, you know, can he withstand all of that? But when you saw them fighting, hey, the speed, the speed was pretty, um, you know, comparable, right? They were both pretty much as fast as one another, which made this so interesting. You know, they both utilizing some really good movement. And, uh, yeah, it was back and forth. Back and forth early. Like Krolov gets a takedown. Can't hold um, Ankaliev. So he gets back up. But you know they're exchanging. Exchanging a lot of kicks. And a lot of power. You know Krolov going to the body. You know hitting the jab. Front kick Ankaliev. You know the big right. Man it, it was. It was a great fight. It was a great fight. I very much enjoyed it. You know, Ankaliev was really throwing with some bad intentions. But, yo, Krolov was able to um, avoid the big shots. Able to avoid those big shots, get out of the way, and counter. He was hitting a very nice check hook throughout the fight. So, in the second round, yo, both came out looking to get into it again. You know, they, you know, Krolov, he was showing some good feints, good feints, body kicks, like Ankaliev nearly landed a really good head kick, but Krolov able to get out the way. Now, Ankaliev did hit some good knees in the clinch, right? Krolov, he, um, he went for a spinning back kick. Ankaliev was able to duck underneath and grab the takedown. Right, which, um, yeah. Now, Krolov did a very good job of avoiding damage on the ground. For a good portion, he, he kind of tied Ankaliev up. And he was utilizing the buffer, the buffer, buffer fly, butterfly, butterfly. 
butterfly guard very well. You know, um, he did try and get up with it, but Ankaliev was able to um, stop him at the last minute, right? And so Ankaliev, you know, he ends with um, him landing some big elbows at the end of the round. So we're coming into the third and thinking this could be 1-1, right? Maybe Krolov is up, but it's probably 1-1, right? So, uh, yeah, third round. And, um, you know, again, they're, uh, yeah, they're both really, you know, showing some great form. Like, Krolov hitting some good kicks. And Kaliev, you know, he's got his good right hand. Krolov, he goes for a takedown. And Kaliev's able to shrug it off. Right? And he gets the clinch. Gets himself a trip takedown. Right, Krolov's able to get up, but Ankaliev sticks with him, gets another takedown, which, yeah, feel, ah, that's probably it. That's probably won him the fight, right? And, um, yeah, he he gets the win. Weird thing was, a, a few judges gave it 30-27, and... You know, I thought Krolov won that first round. So, I thought that was interesting. But, you know, Ankaliov did win. Like, yeah, with with the performance in that third round, Ankaliov definitely did win. But it was closer than, um, closer than I feel the judges, you know, made out. So, we were at the main event. Right? At the main again. Cyril Gunn against Jazinio Rosenstruck. You know, Gunn undefeated. You know, and Rosenstruck only lost twice. Right, only lost twice. And in the UFC, once, which was to Ngano, Right, which, you know, everyone has. So, <laughs> you know, there's definitely no shame in that. Now, this fight, it... It kind of played out how you might expect. Well, to some regard, right? Because Gunn, he was utilizing that reach. Really utilizing his reach, his his good jabs, his kicks. To keep Rosenstruck at range. And then he's got his quick movement to get out the way. Counter, you know? Uh, Rosenstruck, he did land a few, but it, it was really Gan. This fight was really just about Gan. You know, he's utilizing the leg kicks. He was really making Rosenstruck think, right? Really making him shrink. And with the amount of feints Gan was throwing, right? It, you had Rosenstruck a bit. You know, just stuck, right? He 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 was a bit concerned about coming in and getting caught, which just made him very very hesitant. Now, Gun on the flip, he also was very hesitant, right? He didn't want to rush in, but he was, you know, doing some good work from range. Oh, so Gunn was winning the rounds, but wasn't really, it didn't look like he was chasing the finish, right? There was moments in the fight where you it looked like Gunn had, you know, had Rosenstruck in trouble, right? That's what it seemed. But the thing was, where um, Gunn was landing, you know, a good jab, didn't always follow that up. Right, and sometimes he hit a good one too. Again, then throw that third shot in, throw that fourth shot in. He was, yeah, felt that if a solid combination was to go, Gun could end the fight. Right, but he just didn't do it. Didn't do it. And listen, you you can understand that 
it's his first main event, his first five rounder. So he's you know early on you're thinking okay maybe he's not sure you know he's worried about the gas tank he wants just to make sure that he's going to be cool but then even in the fourth and fifth we didn't see gun just completely let go and the times when you know he did you know he threw more than two shots maybe he threw some knees up in there some kicks in there he did very well so yeah, he's a bit, a bit surprising, right? But not completely shocking, right? And Rosenstruck, it was very similar to how he was in the Overeem fight. Because in the Overeem fight, remember people, Overeem had that fight. Yo, he was in charge of that fight for 4 minutes and 55 seconds, you know, and it was just a 5 second lapse that gave it to Rosenstruck, and so yeah, you know, we've seen him in this predicament where he's hesitant to come in, you know, movement can, can sky me him, and um, he's he's not quite sure what to do, which I think is the problem when you're blitzing people, you know, and you're not getting to do fifteen minutes, you know, twenty five minutes. You know, I think that's the big problem here for uh, for Rosenstruck. He hasn't really, you know, developed those other skills. But Gan did. Gan did and looked good, but. He just didn't press the matter Didn't press the matter So he gets the win But You know I think he could have made a very big case For I'm next You know But he didn't do that Now It's not to say that Oh Gan's now rubbish No Gan is still very good It's just he, He missed A potential opportunity he gets to win, which is always good, and, you know, he will be, I'd imagine, right, if, if he wins the next one, he'll be fighting for the title at some point, I mean, even if he doesn't win the next one, I envision that Gunn will fight for the belt, but he could have made it undeniable, could have made it undeniable, but he didn't. But he did win, so, um, yeah, there we go, people, you know, an okay card, just not, not to the same level as we've expected in the last few weeks and last year, you know what I mean? So, um, it was no surprise that Pedro Munez, Jimmy Rivera got fight of the night, and with the only finish of the night, Ronnie Lawrence got, um, you know, a performance of the night bonus, and listen, I don't even think it's just because of the finish Because we've seen people in dominant wins get performance of the night You know, which I kind of feel Alex Cazares could have got But yeah, some of, or you know, Dustin Jacoby Right, but some of the other performances were a little bit flat You know, so there definitely is that But hey, we're all done and so, um, yeah, it's looking ahead to, um, you know, UFC 259, right? That's the big one next week, people. So, uh, yeah, let's see what happens with that one. Okay, people, so we have uh, reset time again. Just before we end, let's take a look and see what's happening with some fights. So, there's been a, a good few fights kind of suggested, but our concrete ones are... So, the Angela Hill-Ashley Loader um, rematch, that, you know, didn't happen at the weekend, but 
don't worry people you don't have to wait long for this one because it's gonna take place on the 13th of march so just in a couple of weeks time and that's the card headlined by leon edwards and balao muhammad right so we then jump to the 10th of april and scott holtzman will be going up against matteras garmort um, a couple weeks later on the 24th of april brendan allen will be fighting carl robeson that's a decent fight and both fighters really need a you know they both want to come back with a good win uh, so then the 22nd of May Got a, a couple of fights from that card First up, Alan Badot Will be fighting Rogero and Nascimento And then this fight So it, it was tried to, you know, they tried to book it I feel, I think it was meant to happen either the beginning of the year or towards the end of last year. But Carla Esparza is going to be fighting Yang Zhenan. Oh, that's a good one. And you got to feel the winner potentially is going to be fighting the winner of, um, you know, Rose and um, Wiley. So definitely all to play for people But yeah, that's it We are done And we will see you on Wednesday Where we break down All the fights On the UFC 259 card Which definitely is Stacked right now And um, hopefully It's going to stay like that Hi people, we are done Drop them fat back down to the floor